0: Welcome into to another episode of This is Yale, the Yale University Athletics Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Gambardella, and today we have a very special episode as we welcome in perhaps our most interesting guest yet, the man who has coached in heavyweight crew for the past 50 years, head coach Steve Gladstone, who has taken the Yale crew to new heights and gets his team back out on the water. And this weekend starts championship competition with the Eastern Sprints. A lot going on for Yale athletics and especially for the crews out on the water. So without further ado, let's bring in Coach Gladstone. And now we get started with our head coach, Steve Gladstone. Coach, thank you so much for taking the time for us here today.
1: It's my pleasure, Mike.
0: Coach, you have probably seen more than anyone else in the sport of collegiate rowing. Fifty years going on coaching—does it feel like fifty? Like what? What do you feel when you hear that number?
1: <laughs> It's—it seems, uh, quite frankly, it seems unreal. Uh, I think one's own perception of their time and place uh, is going to be, to some extent, be distorted. Uh, so to me, it when I think of the people that I've known, the evolution of the sport, the coaches that I've known, yes, it seems like a long time. But quite frankly, right now, my, my thoughts are on Eastern Sprints. <laughs> you know, the varsity lineup, uh, unfortunately, will be without our uh, Olympian who has uh, has a back issue, uh, but we move forward. But yeah, it's 50 years answering your question. Uh, What is it? Time goes by quickly when you're having fun.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Time flies when you're having fun and and clearly you've had a lot of fun and and I love the coach answer as well that your minds already on sprints uh, here on May 15th and, and you're coming off five straight sprint wins that you've competed in, uh, the last five with Yale, three straight national championships in 17, 18 and 19. How have you been able to just have extended and continued success? And obviously you've been doing this since back in 1966, I believe you got your start. Um, and then I've seen a lot of different stops, but since you've come to Yale, it seems to have just absolutely taken off. Um, do you think that that's just the culmination of all of that time and lessons learned to where you've just got it humming along now? well it was, uh, mike it's never humming along
1: <laughs> <laughs> that,
0: that that's a
1: reality there's there's not a a season that goes by nor is there a week that goes by where one ever, where i ever feel mastery uh it's a constant constant uh challenge to be attuned with what's actually in front of you. Uh, so it's, uh, it's very, very interesting, it can be very, very emotional, uh, and there's a, a reality that uh, once one feels that there's a groove of some kind, you can certainly expect that whatever you feel is in the group will be out of the group uh, so so and I'm not saying that would be contradictory but it's just it, it just is the nature the nature of uh, probably a lot of things in life but it's certainly the nature of, of coaching
0: nature of coaching the nature of crew and, and you kind of we talked about that groove that clearly you were in whether you were able to stay in it as much as you would like uh, you were definitely thrown out of it you know back mm-hmm. in we look at 2020 uh, 20, as you were aiming for that four straight national championship and everything comes to a halt mm-hmm. uh, things are put on pause you know you, you get back a, a little bit of a year with some practice but obviously uh, split from the full team what's it been like kind of trying to refine that groove bring back your student athletes your program your culture and seemingly really have picked up where you left off of just continuing to put out uh, impressive performances and races throughout yeah it was it was a major
1: break there's no question about it and that's that's uh, that's obvious. Uh, what's what' too bad is there are a number of athletes that didn't have the opportunity to uh compete during 20 and 21. That's you know, that's a shame, that's lost. Uh and then where we are now, it's 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 starting this past fall, fall of 2021. It's uh overused phrase, but it's a new beginning. I guess that's a redundant phrase, but it's brand new. Over 50, 50% of the squad never taken a uh, stroke for Yale uh, and there was, uh, there was the challenge of integrating the new people into our particular way of operation, our particular mindset, the way we approach the work. It was compounded by the fact that a number of the seniors were gone in the fall. So it was it was a it was a brand new squad and uh, and in that sense uh, challenging, uh, but it's you know, ultimately it's the challenges that keep you going or that keep me going particularly and I don't think I'm unique. Uh, would I prefer to have you know 2020 and 2021? Of course, uh, that goes without saying. But uh, you you go with what you're given. Uh, And uh, that's what we've done. A lot of teaching of the basic structure of the stroke uh, to the new people, a lot of uh, integrating them into our training protocol, having them understand the periodization of our training. Uh, But most importantly, uh, the ethic uh, and so it was great. It was it was interesting doing that. It's an ongoing challenge. And regarding the continuation of winning sprints and winning the IRA, it's interesting you mentioned that. Uh, you know, this morning before practice with the varsity eight, uh, I got them together and, and indicated to them that that's really not a, a, an important piece. In other words, what, what's critical is what they've already done, which is they've created a high, high level of, of uh, excuse me, uh, cardiovascular capacity. Uh, they've brought forward their the mechanics of the stroke and now, basically, just enjoy what comes in front of you. Uh, there's there's, there's nothing to say that it's an obligatory act to win six Eastern sprints in a row or an obligatory act to win, you know, four national championships in a row or six Yale-Harvard races in a row. That's not their deal. Their deal is to actualize, put in... into the racing, what they've built, and that other, you know, the other pieces of it, uh, they shouldn't be burdened with that at all. Uh, That would take the joy out of it, and I've had a sense over the last couple of weeks that there's a bit of that feeling, well, we have to win the sprints, we have to win the nationals, we have to beat Harvard, and that's, no, you don't. Not at all. What you need to do is race the capacity that you've that you've developed. And if you race to that capacity, and that's a 6 and sprint at at you know, et cetera, et cetera, that's all good. If not, no regrets. Uh, you know, there are people out there that are faster. Uh so that that's the mindset. Uh and that's what
0: yeah, you know, we, uh, that I've, as a coach, what I've put forward. Such wonderful insight of kind of looking at the beauty of the sport. And, and do you feel that that really is, you know the beauty of crew, where you're able to really your work speaks for itself. You know that that preparation, as you mentioned, is the direct correlation to what you can achieve and, and achieve you have that, that you have listed them off all, all right there. Right. Um, right. Do, do you see you know getting back into that and and the buy in of the culture and the understanding of that as well?
1: Yeah, I mean, I I I, I think when when you when you separate all the extraneous sort of elements, expectation, uh, being one of them. Then you get to, if you want to call it, you get to the essence of purity of what this process is about. And what the process is about is, through the course of the years of training, putting yourself in the best position for race day. And then race day comes, and race day is simply a reflection of your preparation and your capacity. Uh, and you leave it at that. I've said this, you know, somewhat in a flip way. You you put it out there. You train. Uh, you keep a mindset that's productive. You put that out there. That in itself is the accomplishment, and then on race day, as I said a moment ago, it's just a reflection of that past work. And if you end up by being one, or two, or three, or four, or five, or six, whatever it might be, that is what it is. And saying this in a lighthearted way, uh, nobody dies on the beach (laughs) at the end of a contest whether it's rowing, football, wrestling, you go on. You go on and you continue to refine and bring full measure to what you do on a daily basis. And that's ultimately, that's that's the, if you want to call it, that's the value yeah. of all this. And whether it be rowing, whether it be football, whether it be basketball, that's the value right there is, is developing the discipline to bring forth your best effort on a daily basis and uh, yeah.
0: We've seen that effort and value go on for 50 years of coaching for you now, coach. Mm-hmm. And it is That same type of mindset, what you instill for yourself and your coaches, obviously it's the student athletes that have to go out and, you know, test themselves and strain themselves on the ergs and conditioning and getting out onto the water. Have you seen your own coaching style change over the years or just kind of continue to manifest itself into what we see today?
1: Uh, You know, I think, I think my, my coaching if you want to call it style or ways, has morphed not the content, but it's morphed as I've as the years have gone by. Not changed, but probably the expressions of the thoughts that I've just uh, presented. Uh, those those thoughts have been omnipresent through the course of my career. But that being said. Uh, probably as time has gone on, I've reflected more on what the ultimate value of this process is. You know, there's no question that like so many people whether coaches or otherwise, I'm a very, very, very driven and competitive human being. <laughs> uh, and I make no apologies, apologies for that. That being said, I'm repeating myself, the, the ultimate value of that process of the daily rituals that these athletes go through, it's become over the past 20, 25 years, more and more in my present thoughts. Uh, And uh,
0: I think that's all good. There's a lot that goes into it. You know, it's not just one day, it's not just you know one season. When you start to stack those up, you look back. Are there moments and memories that stand out as you reflect on 50 years of collegiate coaching? or is it more just the sentiment of it all?
1: Uh, no, I think there, there are particular contests, races that have, have you know stuck with me uh because of, of of the how would you call it somewhat of the surprise of the result uh those races I could name but it's not important but where the expectation was not necessarily uh victory but the victory was there <laughs> you gotta <laughs> I mean, love a, that a shock one,
0: value when it comes yeah, to yeah a sports. recent
1: one was a recent one was uh, twenty fifteen at Henley uh, and uh Washington was the national champion uh they'd just won the national championships uh and uh, we had underperformed uh at the national championships uh We came back from that and set the course record against Harvard, which was very satisfying uh and then went to Henley, and met in the finals against the University of Washington, they were slated to bury us as they had before. But Yale buried them. So that's 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 a that's a that's a pretty uh,
0: pleasant and, and uh, standout moment for sure. A standout one indeed. And it seems like you've just continuously had standout moment after standout moment. And you referenced a little bit of how the racing schedule really lines up where you you go to IRAs, you go and do the Harvard Regatta and Henleys. How do you, how are you able to really maintain focus through all of that and just see just high pressure moment, high pressure moment, high pressure moment, you know, both for you as a coach and for, you know, these athletes having to perform as well.
1: I think it's, 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 it's this, if you want to call it a methodology, you with the athletes that we have with our oarsmen, uh, it's, it's. It's really a collaboration between them and me. We collaborate. And in our communication, we tell the truth about what is. You know, there's there's no there's no masking this or masking that. We acknowledge the fact that it's it's really difficult to come back from winning a national championship and then a week later, having an entirely different event, going from two thousand meters to four miles, we don't try to mask the difficulty of it. Uh, we, you know, we acknowledge it, and we come back to the same mindset, which is this: nothing to worry about. The preparation is there. Both the structure of the stroke and the physiological preparation is there. We don't have anything unusual to do, different. We just do that. And that will either be sufficient or it won't be. I mean, that might seem simplistic or that might seem, I don't know what, but that's it. You know, we bring what we have. At that particular time, and to, essentially, that was the message that I that I had or gave to the crew this morning, the varsity eight, uh, you know, somewhat of a challenging situation. Saturday during stretching, the varsity stroke, the Olympic gold medalist his back went out he'd had that two herniated discs from the training he had done for the Olympics with the New Zealand national team well that's similar to Tom Brady going down before the playoffs (laughs) you know so immediately that you know creates uncertainty and appall on the group well going to talk about it. and we feel intense compassion for Dan, right? He's in good medical hands, but we feel real you know compassion for Dan. and it's the way it is. We move forward. you know, as I said earlier in this conversation, and this situation exists now, they shouldn't be burdened by the notion of of winning another Eastern sprints or so forth and so on. What they need to do, get rid of the clutter and just do what they're trained to do. And life will go on, win, lose or draw. So that answer your question, there's there's an honest communication between the coaches and the athletes, direct. And when that exists, there's the possibility, only the possibility, but when that communication is honest, there's a possibility that they can actualize what their given capacity is on race day. And
0: that's all we look for. I love the the possibility of actualization and you have actualized 14 IRA championships in your career. Uh, I believe the gentleman's name is Charles Pop Courtney of Cornell, that he actually has 14 IRA championships as well. And he did that back in 1915. So there is a chance that, Steve Gladstone could accomplish something that the world has not seen in 107 years. When you hear that statement, and obviously you, you've been doing this for 50 years, you've seen the ups, the downs, the challenges now and today that you and your crew will face. Does it weigh on you? Does it excite you? Does it challenge you? You spoke to that, you know, driven and competitiveness. Does that just fuel the fire even more? It's 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 much much too abstract to fuel any fire.
1: In other words, you know, I'm very much in the present and uh, dealing with what needs to be dealt with now. Uh, yes, I, I you know from a distance, you know Charles Courtney, uh, his you know the number of uh, IRA championships he had and so forth yeah it's it's abstract i suppose you know when uh, at some particular point in my life i you know i might note it but it really doesn't count for much what counts for me personally and i don't say this sacrificially what counts for me is the is the experience that the men and women that i've coached over the years, how has that impacted their lives? You know, their period of time under my tutelage—was there value gained from those from the, that that time? And I don't say that to be above uh, uh, above it all. Uh, yeah, that that's what counts. What counts is, you know, what I just said. Uh, the people have they have they have they gained uh, from that experience. Uh, now circling back to Pop Courtney. Now I'll, I'll, I'll reverse the difference. comparing Charles Courtney's uh, record in mind is patently absurd. Do you know why? Please, coach. At that time, there were four crews racing. <laughs> it was Cornell. It was Syracuse. It was Navy, Columbia, and Penn. <laughs> it was it was a five boat race. <laughs> so it you know doesn't uh, and and one of uh, Charles Courtney's IRA wins. They had he had two IRA wins in one year. How that happened, I have
0: no idea. <laughs> <My> idea. <laughs> Something that's so, dif- difficult to dig up in the archives there, but we did note that he won multiple IRAs in one, one year. year I don't know how you can do that, but it's so
1: you know. So practically speaking, it's apples and oranges. Uh And perhaps if there'd been 18 crews, he would have won you know the IRAs as well. But it was it, it was a very very different uh time
0: place in championships Uh, so. A different time and a place and perhaps a different time and a place from when you started you know all those years ago back at Princeton to where you are today at Yale when you start to reflect a little what are the biggest changes that you've seen you know through your sport in that time? Uh, I'd like
1: it's probably true it's true in all athletic context, the, the the athletes themselves, they're bigger, stronger, more effectively trained. Uh, and that's true in every sport, is it not? So I've watched the evolution, that evolution, but the fundamentals are really the same. The basic structure of the stroke is the same. The basic physiological requirements and how you satisfy those requirements uh, remain the same. I mean, I think you've got a lot of technical language, particularly in, in the physiological uh, realm. You know, a lot of technical languages, but it's all it's all the same stuff, uh, and. Uh, and the challenges are the same. It's it's always, always, always the key piece is the mindset, the development of the mindset of the athletes. Uh, and uh, I can give you an example. Uh, and it was a it was a it was a great lesson. In my first year of coaching. Uh I was coaching the freshman crew, first years at Princeton. And uh I didn't arrive on the scene until December of 1965. So they'd gone a full fall without a professional coach. They had a graduate student that was helping and so forth. And by the time I got there, there were nine athletes. (laughs) So there was was no selection process. And uh, we got into the season. I had very, very, very limited knowledge of, The how to teach the biomechanics of the stroke Uh, and to say nothing of sort of the physiological elements. Uh, But we were a little band of brothers and uh, they went off and the first race was against the Naval Academy. No, excuse me, it was against Rutgers and we beat Rutgers then against Naval Academy, their plebe crew and we won that one we thought we were pretty good. And then we went, uh, University of Pennsylvania came up and beat us by 17 seconds, went up to the Charles River Basin and Harvard beat us by more. And then we got to the Eastern Sprints and I don't know what, where we placed, but it certainly wasn't in the top five or six, whatever it was, but we still, you know, we thought that we we could solve this uh, problem so we could get faster. So we got together as a group. I got them together and I said, okay, what do you think? We've got the nationals. There was a freshman nationals, of course, coming up. What are we gonna do? So one of the athletes says, coach, we're gonna cut out desserts. And I said, great. Then another athlete said, we're going to do 30 jumpies at the end of each practice. And I said, great. So that was our complex scientific approach to getting better. I'm being facetious now.
0: But well, we all said, we've heard, we've heard the national championship secrets of success. It's cut out desserts and jumping jacks and that's right. be a national champion.
1: <laughs> exactly. So that crew went out, and in those days, the the freshman event was two miles. The varsity event was three. This was in, at the IRA. We led that bloody race up to the last thirty strokes, and Penn went through us, but. Would won the silver medal, would so there you go. <laughs> you know, it was the mindset. They, it was their ownership, part of the solution, or good part of it was theirs. They believed that this could happen, and from that point on, I'm not for a moment implying that that you can achieve without without significant and in-depth preparation. But I, I will say that the mindset plays a huge role over time. And if there is, as I said earlier in the conversation, the sense of collaboration, we're in this together, and not just pro-form not just holding hands and saying, oh, we're in this together, but truly, if they, if they feel and actually are experiencing uh, full ownership for the process, uh, that there's enormous power to that. And here's, here's an example. Uh, the first squad meeting that I had when I came to Yale, with the squad and there'd been all kinds of turmoil and rebellions and so forth and so on prior to my arrival. And, And I said this, I said, from this point on, you needn't be concerned about the accuracy of the training protocol. You really don't need to be concerned about what you're being taught in terms of the biomechanics of the stroke. I said that's all been proven. It works, whether it be a brown, whether it be a cow, whether it be you know at Harvard years ago. I said that that works, but I said that template has zero value. Absolutely no value whatsoever until unless you fully engage, explore, and bring yourself to the process. So the template is template is what it is, but you're 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 the magic, if you want to call it magic. You're you're what actually makes makes things happen and uh so yeah it's there 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 really there is the element of this is us it's not a top down do this do that do that again no no it's not that you know the athlete understands that what they give Will determine what they get. That that simple. Uh, and uh, once that permeates, you know, into a squad, not everybody's going to buy in necessarily. But one, once that notion permeates, there's a sense of empowerment that takes place. That doesn't guarantee any wins, but what it what it surely. A guarantee is your optimal performance. And that's all you can that's all you can do you know, on race day or game day is do what you're trained to do. If your training has been rigorous and thorough, then you will optimize what you have on that particular day. And somebody at another university other group can be faster. That happens. They're all trying to win. <laughs> you know, so uh, we like trying to win here. We understand that one. Yeah, right. Yeah, they're all trying to win, right? So uh, yeah, yeah, but one of, one of, one of the, now I'm, I'm rambling, you know one of the uh, one of the less than amusing uh, byproducts of, of having uh, ha- having what we call a competitive success, it was, I remember it was manifested at Cal uh, and uh, came back from the IRA one year uh, and one of the alumni said, well, Steve, what happened? And I said, what do you mean what happened? He said, well, you didn't win. I said, well, I don't know. I think we got a bronze medal. I mean, I, you know, I think the guy's optimized. So it's, you, know, you get to a point where uh, you know that people think in their minds' eye that if you optimize what you have, like a group, why well, then that guarantees a win? No, it doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't guarantee a win at all. You know, but what it does guarantee is an optimal performance. And if you hang around up in that stratosphere long enough, you'll have
0: you'll a have few wins, more than a few. <laughs> Just a few, because coach has hung around. That's why he has been so successful. Uh, <laughs> humble as always and able to change it. And I, and I love the examples, you know, 50 years of really magic and buy-in and, and a great example there of, I think, a testament to you as, as a mentor and a coach that you see from your student athletes. And I've seen it personally, you know, for three years here with you of these student athletes, you know, show that their own dedication, you know, what they learn from you of, no, I'm going to give up that dessert. I'm going to do that extra training. I'm going to go into that template that you set and puts you in the position to be successful, you know, at that national level. And you've done it again and again, and you mentioned challenges and you've gone on as a head coach and won you know, at Cal, whether it's Brown or Harvard or Yale, and you've even gone on to be an athletic director at Cal as well. Do, do you find yourself just looking for that next challenge? Is that part of that competitive competitiveness and, and being driven? Is, is it the challenge that you look for? Yeah, I, I, I think that I was
1: not aware of it per se, but in reflection, I think what happens, you'll put it put it into uh, uh, the context of a mountaineer, somebody who climbs mountains, uh, and generally, what happens is that in the beginning they'll they'll pick a route, and they'll make it to the top, but that's probably an easier route, and then as time goes on, they'll look for a more challenging route. I'm not a mountaineer, by the way. Uh, the uh, so I think what happens, or apparently what happens is yes, there's a there's a sense of of uh, enjoying and engaging in, uh, in in restructuring and building. Uh, uh, a particular uh, a particular culture and, and program, so that would be pretty much undeniable because my history indicates that. But so usually, you know, it's it's not. I'm not a 50 year guy at one institution. My devotion my devotion is to the athletes I coach more than it is to the institution. You know, I think Yale's a lovely place and 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 so forth. But my devotion is to the people that I coach, and when you have When the athletes, this is another point, when the athletes sense your engagement and devotion to them, it gives them the possibility to devote themselves to the endeavor. Uh,
0: And again, as I said, it's not top down. I think domination, strong words probably associated with a lot of your crews throughout the year and you know, now you're, you're back to it. You, you've done so many different places, so many different student athletes, so many different experiences, maybe a different one now that you haven't gotten a chance to when you have a family member that is now part of the team, <laughs> you, you have your daughter on that crew. What, what's it been like being able to have her be a part of this?
1: Uh, it's, you know, it's been, uh, it's a, been a complete blessing, uh, to be able to see her on a daily basis. Uh, just see her interact. And you know, I was very clear uh with Sonia that you know this is this is something that she should feel absolutely no obligation to engage in. And I let her know and she of course she knew this that neither of my sons had anything to do
0: <laughs>
1: with <laughs> with rowing. You know, one's a fine artist and the other is uh, an art director out in Los Angeles. So I said, you know, this, you know, this is up to you. But she she likes the team. She likes being part of the team. She's developed her skills as a coxswain. Uh, I'm sure she'd like to have been in a higher boating. But, you know, she, she is where her skill level has her. You know? But it's been a blessing to see her on a daily basis. And that's... A segue to a question you haven't asked asked, but uh what I, I want to mention is that I feel that the gifts that I've been given are just that. They're gifts. My ability to do what I've done. That is a gift. I didn't make it. I didn't create it. There were certain parts of elements of of, of my uh, temperament that have lent themselves to this work, and I am forever, ever grateful that I was given you know those uh, those uh, those abilities and those and those gifts uh, because I didn't create it. I didn't study to do this. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, I poured myself into what I needed to know in advancing that in terms of physiology and biomechanics, but it, it was it's all a gift. Uh and uh I'm very, very grateful for that.
0: And yeah. And, and we are grateful of the gift of you and, and your tutelage that has brought our program to such great heights here at Yale as well as just the sport of rowing as well. The, the impact that you have made, uh, will last long after, but as we've kind of reflected on 50 years, what is the next 50 holds for the man we refer to as the most interesting man in the world, always a great story and have shared already a few of them here today with us, but what's next for coach Gladstone? Where's the challenge oh, coming? Well, you know, I, I
1: think, uh, uh, I'll always coach. That's part of, you know, that's part of, of my nature. Uh, and I'm here at Yale now, and this is an ev- being somewhat evasive. <laughs> but candidly, I don't know. Uh, I'm in the moment. I'm here. I'm very grateful for being here. Uh, and uh, I'll continue to do this. For sure. Uh, I'd also like to, at some point, I'd like to be able to share more of what I've learned and what I've experienced to a broader, uh, broader, how would you call it, group audience. You know, there's a saying, I don't know where it comes from, but uh, they say old men plant trees. Uh, So I wouldn't mind planting some more trees. Uh, Not wouldn't mind. I'd feel fortunate to be able to plant more trees, but it's one day at a time. And uh, right now we've got our hands full and uh, I want to make absolutely certain that uh, I bring the best that I have to this year's group of horsemen at Yale, but that's that's my fixation, uh, and that's what I want to do. And that uh, you know, after the Yale Harvard race, we'll see what's next in terms of whether we go on to Henley or what what the uh, what the future brings. But
0: uh, yeah, like that. We we are very lucky to have some of those trees planted here at Yale already. Um, and I'd like to give you the opportunity to maybe share one now if, you know, using this audience of our, our Bulldogs uh, fans, family mm-hmm. and faithful who are listening in. And maybe what's the best piece of advice that you can give as as the coach, the 50 year coach to that oarsman or, or coach who's really looking to get involved, to, to look to make that next step as their career as a coach to really be a mentor to those individuals and ch- chasing those cha- uh, championship aspirations
1: Look, this is this is a this might seem circuitous but I'll I'll fill it in it occurred to me a number of years ago that the less there was of me the happier I'd be and the better I'd and more effective I'd be as a mentor, a leader, and a coach. If you're self-obsessed, uh, if if it's about you uh, and your quote image persona, uh, it's it, there's going to be a, an element of misery there. Look, look to what you can give not to what you can get. And I want to be clear, that's not a sacrificial statement. That's not a statement made by a martyr. (laughs) You know, if you're obsessed about what you can bring to the table and what you can give to a, a particular group of people, athletes or otherwise, if that's what drives you, the likelihood is that you're going to be pretty effective at what you do. If it's about you, you're going to to be on a horrible detour and it'll be painful because I've experienced that as well. Uh, And so my advice is that whatever talents you have, whatever skills you have, If you want those to manifest themselves, don't don't worry about yourself, you know, don't think about how
0: this reflects on me. we we see that selflessness from you coach every day and that's why we do want to acknowledge you for all of this tremendous success and we are thankful for what you have given us and those championships that we got because of it and we're excited to see what you will do in the future with this current group of Bulldogs A, a big few weeks coming up with sprints and IRAs and everything else that goes into it the return of the Harvard, Yale, regatta as well. Um, Before we wrap up, I I just wanted to let you kind of take the floor of of anything that you'd like to share with, you know, those who have come before, those who are here now, and those who will be here after us as well. Mm -hmm. I I want to clarify just a bit so it's clear that
1: that action that I described feeds me <laughs> it, you know, it's what makes me feel whole, which is putting out. So it's in no way sacrificial. <laughs> it's nurturing. So you can say I have a motive. My vote, my motive is to be nurtured and feel as though there's value to what's going out there. Uh so uh
0: yeah, I'm not a saint. never have been (laughs) maybe not a saint definitely a champion definitely a heart of the bulldogs that keeps us pumping here and we're excited to see what your group's going to do out on the water in the next few weeks here
1: okay good
0: thank you thank you so much coach we appreciate it as always best of luck okay all the best And thanks so much to Coach Gladstone for taking the time to impart his wisdom to us and get a look behind the curtain at what goes into making one of the most successful coaching careers in history, perhaps regardless of sport. And good luck to coach in capturing that 15th IRA championship. Also, best of luck to both heavyweight and lightweight crew as they compete in the Eastern Sprints this Sunday. To our women's rowing team, which has its Ivy League championship on Sunday. Also, men's lacrosse hosting the NCAA first round on Saturday. Baseball closing out its season in special fashion as we send off longtime head coach John Stuper as he is retiring at the end of this season. As well as dedicating Bush Field in honor of President George Bush. Also, we have men's golf hosting the NCAA regionals early next week on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. And not to be outdone, best of luck to our sailing teams, which will be competing for a national championship. Thanks for joining us as always. And remember, this is Yay. Yeah.